The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Tuesday, the 24th of January in London. Coming up this hour. Lagarde on guard. The ECB president says the bank will stay the course on inflation. Searching for competition, the US Justice Department prepares to sue Google over its digital ad dominance. All in a tweet. Elon Musk tells a jury he had the funding needed to take Tesla private in 2018. Regulator role reversal, low tax loons and putting the O in ONS. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers. I'm James Walcock. Plus, Apple takes hand-eye coordination to the next level with a $3,000 mixed reality headset. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe on DAB Digital Radio London, Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington DC, Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Cirrus XM Channel 119 and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. ECB President Christine Lagarde says the bank will do everything necessary to return inflation to its 2% goal. In a speech in Germany, Lagarde pointed to more significant interest rate increases in coming meetings. That view is supported by JP Morgan's CIO for fixed income, Ian Steely, who told Bloomberg's Jonathan Farrow that the central bank has a way to go on rate hikes. We were in a world where they were hiking rates to deal with inflation. Now, inflation's coming or likely to come off because of what's happening in energy prices. That should be good for the economy. You know, growth is supposed to... We're supposed to be in recession in Europe at the moment, and we're not. So are the ECB going to maybe have to go slower but further um, as they try to battle it? Does the ECB hike more than the Fed in 2023? Yes. Steely's comments there add to the unfolding debate over whether a slowdown in the pace of rate hikes is appropriate as inflation dips from all-time highs. The US Justice Department is poised to sue Google over the search giant's dominance in the digital advertising market. Bloomberg sources say the case is expected to be filed in a federal court before the end of the week. The lawsuit will mark the Justice Department's second monopoly case against parent company Alphabet. Google has said the market for online advertising is crowded and competitive. During his second day on the stand in his security fraud trial, Elon Musk has defended his tweet about taking Tesla private. With more, his Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. The crux of testimony centered around a deal with a Saudi public investment fund. He said he'd had a handshake agreement in getting help going private, but then they began to backpedal on the arrangement after his go private tweet. He also said he had support from Larry Ellison as well as two other investment firms. Musk also noted the wording of the text that he was contemplating taking the company private. He's back on the stand today. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. 
Ford plans to cut around 3,200 jobs across Europe, with the majority concentrated in Germany. The cuts affect roles in development and administrative areas. It follows workforce reductions in the US as Ford slashes costs in a shift towards electric vehicles. And Apple's long-anticipated mixed reality headset will attempt to create a 3D version of the iPhone's operating system. Sources say that it will include eye and hand tracking systems that could set the technology apart from rival products. Bloomberg's Apple correspondent Mark Gurman explains how it works. The way you control the device is you can just look at something, whether you want to launch an app, uh, whether you want to swipe through a list or toggle a setting. You look at it, and then you pinch your thumb and your index finger together when you're looking at it to launch it. Just like on a touchscreen, you tap what you want, or on a mouse, you point the cursor toward it and then you click. This is you look and tap your fingers uh, together. So pretty nifty. Mark Gurman there. Well, he says the roughly $3,000 device will be out later this year. It will probably be called Reality Pro. Well, here in the UK, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has ordered a probe into Conservative Party Chairman Nadim Zahawi's tax affairs. Zahawi says he was careless with his tax affairs following a report that he'd paid a £5 million bill to Revenue and Customs. Labour leader Keir Starmer condemned the lack of ethics. Zahawi can't stay as Tory party chair. The very idea he can be discussing and negotiating his own tax affairs with the body that he's supposed to be running. Uh, everybody knows it's wrong. Labour leader Keir Starmer there, who'll be questioning the Prime Minister tomorrow. The PM's announced probe follows allegations about financial impropriety among the Conservative Party that have undermined the Prime Minister's pledge to run an administration beyond reproach. Okay, those are a few of our top stories for you uh, this morning. Uh, Listen, I've pulled out um, of one of the kind of piles of most interesting stories I've read this morning, Barclays warning that there's a real risk of greenwashing. We've talked so much over the last couple of years around ESG. They say that actually there's a real clash. Emerging market countries want debt relief. They want to explore that. Sometimes that's being tied to commitments to preserve nature. Barclays have done a lot of work and some research into this. They say actually the amount of money that goes to towards this nature conservation goals in those deals is often uh, a small fraction of the transaction size. So we should be really quite wary. I think that's quite interesting that that ESG is getting a lot of the sort of spotlight. What has been seen as a win-win, actually, they're worried could be greenwashing. Oh, interesting stuff. Um, On my list of interesting stories today (laughs) is that uh, the reopening of China's borders could help the UK economy because of the tourists coming here to spend more money. This Uh, is according to Credit Suisse. Apparently, yes, 0.2% percentage points of GDP could be added to growth in 2023. Um, this is according to Credit Suisse, says that Chinese tourists uh, and stronger UK exports could help things when it comes to China's reopening, her, uh, helping the UK economy. My gosh. Well, I did see the photographs actually of Chinese tourists returning to Thai beaches for the Lunar New Year holiday. So yeah, it is. I mean, that, that Chinese tourism business is, is worth so much money. Okay, up next, regulator role reversal, low tax loons and putting the O in ONS. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Bloomberg's James Walcock joins us now with the details. James, the former Chancellor Nadeem Zahawi is on the front pages today, mainly because Rishi Sunak has now ordered a probe into his tax affairs. The FT says that Zahawi is fighting for his political life. The Mirror headline, the only way is ethics. But that aside, James, you're interested in some other uh, FT stories and in particular the UK beginning post-Brexit review of the EU's investor fund regulation. This is quite interesting. Exactly, Catherine. You emphasise that just perfectly because for a long time this story has been the other way around. It's been sort of the EU looking at the UK's financial stability. But so part of the Brexit deal was that EU-based funds can continue to use these kind of passports into the sort of the UK's market and until 2025. And the UK holds actually £2 trillion in cash in EU offshore financial centres. So this isn't a small amount, and that's predominantly Ireland and Luxembourg. Now, during the pension fund meltdown last September, the FT in this piece said it was predominantly pension fund vehicles based in Ireland and Luxembourg that were the ones that the Bank of England were bailing out. So now UK watchdogs are writing to their EU counterparts to say, so what are your safeguards? And as their regulations diverge, it turns out that Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey last week told MPs that he wasn't that impressed and he doesn't think these things are going to improve because the EU say they can't change their regulations until 2025, which is when they get a new mandate which is also when these passports run out. So increasingly, the UK is now looking at these kind of large amounts of money in Europe and saying, we're not sure this is good for our financial stability. Okay, in The Times, William Hague is writing a piece there and he's warning, watch out Rishi Sunak, low tax loons are circling. It's quite something, Stephen, when a former leader of the Conservative Party is calling his own MPs loons. Um so William Hague doesn't name this MP, but is talking about a recent meeting Rishi Sunak had with his own backbenchers where he's saying, you all understand I can't do tax cuts. And one MP was reported saying, I do want tax cuts and I'm not an idiot. Well, William Hague is politely <laughs> saying, you are an idiot. Uh, and he, it's a Tory calling for public spending. This is an unusual argument. So I think it's worth pointing out in the papers. He's saying that defence does not need a small amount of money if you look at Ukraine. He says we also need green subsidies to combat what's happening in the US. And ultimately... Uh, Central banks might be underestimating inflation, we don't know. And the Kuateng mini-budget was a surefire way of saying, actually, trying to have a tax reduction during a period of high interest rates and inflation doesn't work. So he sums this up by saying that voters want economic competence from the Tories, not just tax cuts. There is more to politics than just offering a sort of a short-term incentive. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, one can have a bit of sympathy for the MP. The MP understands that with the cost of living crisis, his own constituents are watching their tax bills rise and, and that's a stress point, isn't it? And that's the debate that yeah. they're going to have over the next year and the challenge Richard Sunak face of trying to hold these two wings together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're stuck on the times though this morning, James, because there's another story, uh, but this time about the ONS, the Office for National Statistics in there. What's going on? I couldn't get away from this one. So 
long story short, obviously the MS published a lot of data and most of it is very accurate. But in productivity, the idea that the amount of output per hour you work, we're very mm-hmm. focused on productivity because after the working from home revolution, after the pandemic, we're really quite interested in how the UK performed. And to put it bluntly, the ONS had to release a correction to their figures because they had added up two years worth of growth into one. So from last year's productivity, we went from being the best bar Japan in the G7 to the worst bar France. Um, It's a complete reversal. And it is highlighting that Britain's productivity, chronic productivity problem, which we've talked about private and public sector investment. It's not a question of, oh, what have we learned from the pandemic? And more oh, that's not so great. (laughs) So the technology is not helped particularly. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, James Wilcock, thank you very much for that review uh, of the newspapers this morning. Let's dig into the latest commentary from the European Central Bank now. Christine Lagarde pointing to more significant interest rate rises as they, in her words, stay the course to bring inflation back down to the 2% target. This, of course, ahead of next week's ECB meeting. Markets are expecting the bank to raise rates by another 50 basis points. Our ECB reporter, Jana Rando, joins us now for more. Good morning to you, Jana. How clear, then, have the signals been from the ECB? CB president in this latest speech. I think she couldn't have been any clearer. Um, she said, and, and it was very specific, um, that staying the course is the policy mantra for the ECB for the time to come. And uh, that means if there had been any doubts about uh, another half point hike uh, coming up in February, those doubts are now dispelled. Uh, there weren't that many, I, ha- I have to say, because she was already very specific in December. But we have seen... Um, some diverging opinions, I would say, over the past couple of days. And um, and she put her foot down and said, for now, this is what we're going to do. And uh, that was okay. that was certainly very forceful. Yeah, OK, so very forceful. But the issue is about, um, you know, getting uh, unanimity or, or at least getting agreement across um, the ECB. It's often seen more difficult than for the Fed. How does her position compare to other governing council members that we've heard from, Jana? I think for February, there um, all of them are pretty much on on message, and and everybody expects another half point hike. Um, the more interesting debate is uh, going to be March, when new forecasts are available. And of course, we have seen um, quite quite a few developments uh, since the last round uh, in December um, that suggest that the inflation outlook might have actually improved a little bit. Gas prices have come down, um, inflation itself has slowed quite a bit, and uh, that of course uh, takes pressure out of uh, out of wage di- discussions. Um, so there is there is a bit of hope that the forecast will look a lot a lot better. And um, it, you know, with that uh, with that prospect came uh, quite a diverging view of opinion. We've heard from from the likes of uh, Robert Holtzman and Klaus Knott, um, sitting very much on the hawkish side of the governing council, um, pushing for for several more um, half point hikes um, in the in the first half of the year. And that, of course, uh, contrasts very clearly with uh, comments from from Ignacio Visco or Yanis uh, Tornadas, um, you know, from from Italy and and Greece, respectively. Uh, that argued for uh, graduality, um, saying we need to be more gradual, we need to take into account what we've already done. Um, and, and they also brought up the, the idea of, you know, um, maybe now is not the, not the time to hike too much and, and go into uh, into restrictive territory too much. Um, so there is a difference of opinion um, out there. Um, 
we're not going to get much clarity, I'm afraid, um, in the next couple of weeks because ultimately the ECB says it is data dependent. It will look at the numbers, it will look at the forecast, and then it will take its decision. And uh, March is unfortunately still um, quite a while away. Okay, and, and of course we have, you know, that those PMI data's out later as well. What are the data points that we should be kind of keeping a very close eye on that would feed into the um, ECB's thinking? Yeah, so uh, the PMIs are going to be an interesting one to watch, um, mainly because for the Eurozone, uh, we are expecting, or economists, I should say, are expecting a return to growth in the services sector. And um, that uh, that would be certainly good news. Um, okay. What... Uh, what I like to look at for the PMIs are the forward-looking indicators, um, the order intake, um, uh, export orders um, that might tell us a little bit about um, demand uh, in, in China and how that is going to um, uh, you know, uh, boost boost the economy, and okay. then of course, of course, the price and in, uh, indicators are, are going to be interesting. Um, how much are uh, companies adjusting their prices? Um, we've seen a slowdown in producer prices and other indicators um, in import prices, of course. Um, so it's going to be interesting to watch um, whether okay. whether there um, that will feed through um, and and maybe uh, ease pressures a little bit. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.